east side to the west. This is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we look back at a tough week for the Cavs, another wild weekend of NCAA basketball, and an offseason of surprising movement behind the mic. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever co-hosts. Phil Denko is here. Hi, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. Sports trader. Chuck Rimbaldo is here. <laughs> Sports trader. Sports trader. Tell me more. <laughs> well, Chuck, as you can imagine, this is a position currently open on Indeed.com, compiling odds with BetMGM in Jersey City, New Jersey. Wow. For this job, you need a passion for sports, expertise Check. in sports statistics, mm. and excellent knowledge of the rules for all sports. But you only need good knowledge of the betting industry. <laughs> Want a job and have good knowledge? Indeed.com's got a bunch of those. What's that pay? Does it have a price range on there? It did. I didn't look it up. Sorry. It's okay. I just wonder if it pays more than the dog podcast. Probably does. Yes. As we go through this, we're going to get to perhaps why you're maybe not that well qualified for that job. Oh, hey, no, let's start at home. Fellas. <laughs> <laughs> With our sip of wine and gold, our weekly Cleveland Cavaliers recap. And boy, did I Gerber the Cavs this week. (laughs) Yeah, you sure did. (laughs) After predicting the Cavs would go undefeated throughout the week in our last episode, things went downhill fast. The Cavs started the week with a gross loss to LeBron and the Lakers, then a dispirited loss to the Raptors in Toronto, and ended the week last night with a sloppy loss to the Bulls. They finished the week 41-33, and They slipped into the seventh spot in the East, and really, they just made me sad. What happened against the Lakers? What happened against the Raptors? What happened against the Bulls? What the hell is happening? Well, I I don't have a really good answer for what the hell is happening. I think the Lakers, that game went the way we we kind of mentioned last week too. We feared that LeBron was just going to come out there and and do LeBron-type things, and sure enough, he had a triple-double, and there was no defense in that game. It was like an all-star game, right? The final, the Cavs scored 120 points or something like that and lost. And lost, yeah. Yeah, so that that's what happened there, I think. And then the rest of the week, and those those other two games, really important games, important as a test for these Cavs, and important because the teams that they played were one game ahead and one game behind them when it all started. So it, it, was, it was a strange week. I think we mentioned this last week, too. We weren't getting the scoring off the bench or the scoring from someone complimentary, I guess, to the, to the guys you expect to get points all week. There was a game where I think Kevin Love had four points. Uh, That's not good. There was a game, you know, Levert, Levert was in single digits for one of those important games too. That's not good. It might've been the, the Bulls game at some point late in the game, our entire bench had scored four points. So that's very un-Cavs like, You, you know, the Cavs tend to to balance this out, there's five and six guys in double figures, and that just didn't happen. And unfortunately, against the two teams that you really needed to come out there and play Cavalier basketball against. I'm going to be perfect for this indeed job because I, I, w- I was breaking down some stats as your Cavs correspondent here. The only game they had, I got out-rebounded in and had more turnovers in was, was the Laker game, which was surprising to me. Um, yeah, that really surprises me. Turnovers pretty even the rest of the three games. What Phil was talking about not getting help off the bench, in two of the three games, they had six guys scoring double digits. If you look at that that way, it's got to be defensive. I- I'm assuming that the-, the defense just wasn't all that great, but Phil's absolutely right. And I guess this tells you like this was a great test this week uh, against a team above you and a team below you where you could do, you can move up or do a little bit of damage or say, hey, we belong here. And they kind of shit the bed there. And I guess. For me, I look at it and go, again, this is still a really young team. It's still missing, you know, has some injuries on it uh, with Jared Allen. And maybe that's part of it. But overall, it looked it looked a little uninspiring. It just wasn't it wasn't a good week at all. Strategically blame it on you, though. I mean, other okay. than <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> other, than, other, <laughs> other than, you know, it's, it's been a t- and it's not like next week lines up much better to be honest looking at the schedule we're gonna get to it but next week is an is a big week there's only eight games left in the season now so yeah. pretty much yeah, all just, of these games are big yeah. just predict that they'll go and eight please just <laughs> that. Put, that, put that out there I'm calling it right now <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm really surprised to hear that they weren't out rebounded in all of those games because that's what i was watching especially in the toronto and chicago game just didn't seem like there was any effort to rebound and i think a lack of the kind of hustle that we've seen from them all season long, not going after loose balls, all of these defensive breakdowns where they're giving up 
easy backdoor cuts for layups or dunks that we would never see 10, 15, 20 games ago. I don't know. Those last two games of the week, especially like the Lakers game was an odd one because you, you knew LeBron was going to go off. But actually, Russell Westbrook played really, really well in that game. And he hasn't done that all season long. I don't even know if I thought LeBron was the key to the Lakers winning that game. I think it was Westbrook actually doing what we expect him to do. But the the Toronto and Chicago games, to me, it was a lack of the discipline and a lack of the defense that we have gotten used to seeing these guys play. And I put it down to Allen being out of there. I just think that that team is so much different without him at the rim. And nobody picked up that slack this week like maybe they had the week before. Hopefully, this is something that gets worked out over the next couple of days because there isn't a ton of time for them to work this out and try not to end up in the play-in group. That Bulls game was interesting, though, because they scored 35 points in the first half. So had they just played an average game in the first half, they probably would have won that game. That's the first time in a while they've played against the full Bulls squad. Yeah. Everyone was out there. Everybody was there. And that first half, it wasn't that they weren't getting good shots. It seemed to me they got lots of good shots. They just couldn't make anything, couldn't make any layups. That kind of typical Cavs offensive series where you get two or three passes whipping around and the last one goes to Markinen or Okoro or Love or somebody like that for a three, and they're wide open and they just clanked them. Yeah, they shot 5% from three in the first half. (laughs) Good. 5%. It's really bad. Um, Like top 5%. (laughs) As in they made one shot and took 19 of them. One for 19, I think. um, You get a couple of those shots that normally drop for that team, and that's a completely different game because the uh, maybe I'm searching for the silver lining in a really shitty week. The second half of the Bulls, game looked good like okay this looked better the Cavs were playing and they came all the way back and almost pulled it out but I don't know these next eight games they can't they can't play like they did this past week that's for sure so Chucky worst offensive decision of the week for the Cavs is it a starting Kevin Love against the Raptors b starting Karis Levert against the Bulls c anytime Lawrence Stevens decides it's his time to take over on offense (laughs) or d bigger staff recommending that they cover the ball in bacon grease at the beginning of every half court set. Is the D one legit? Doesn't sound real, but <laughs> that's made up. Anytime Kevin Love starts, that's not really a, a perfect scenario for him. Even with the injuries on the team, we talked about this a little while ago. It's just not his role this year. Uh, he doesn't excel all that well in it. I did, you know, like I know, I know there's not a lot of overt love coming out of your mouth, Gerb. Again, I did a little deeper dive statistically, and his stats are down since the trade, but his role's different here. Uh, he's not like a one or two option, but his his shooting percentage is. A point below Loves, uh, a little less than a Coro, a little less than Garland. And for this week, he was 15 to 30, 50% from the field. So I don't know if he's a, does that constitute a chucker? I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's inconclusive in my chucker investigation on Levert. (laughs) I'm actually not that down on Levert. I think it takes a few weeks for these guys when they get traded to get into the flow and he got hurt and he missed that time. He actually started to play pretty well against the Bulls, but then he started to think he was playing well. And all of a sudden (laughs) it was just. Just yeah. give me the ball head down to the rim every time. Yeah. I, I, think, I actually like him as a player. I just don't know that he's a better option in the starting lineup than Stevens. I, I don't know if he is either. I, I think the expectation too that all three of us might have had is I think we expected more from him offensively. Does that sound right? I, I think yeah. we he was coming in not to be a savior, but to generate offense to create his own shot. And I don't know if that's that's happening, but getting back to your ABCD, it's not D. So I'm just going to go with the love thing because I think his role perfectly now is off the bench. It's it's not starting uh, no matter what the circumstances are. What about you, Phil? Probably yeah. A or B. So what was B again? B was uh, Steven starting Lavert against the Bulls. Oh, Lavert or or, or uh, you know what? I would go with love. I think the way this team has been successful this year is when Kevin Love is coming off the bench, he's accepted that role. He's excelled in that role. So if the Cavs have to start him, it's it's an emergency situation, and that's not a good sign, right? But you know what? So, I don't know that there was an emergency against Toronto. I, I have no idea why he was a starter in that game because they had everybody. So he started over Markinen. No, he started over Stevens, probably. I guess. So I did they play back. Love, Markinen, and and Mobley? Love, Markinen, Mobley, Okoro, and Garland. 
it's a really weird starting lineup. Yeah, that's, a, that's a weird lineup. Yeah. I'm not I sure why know. they, I'm not sure why maybe that it's was just a, a matchup thing. Maybe that's, they think it's a better matchup with him against their starting five. I don't, it's because I don't he, know. It's because he threw because down his dunk last week. That's true. That's also true. <laughs> I like love coming off the bench. I, I, I just feel like there isn't a big drop off. You've got a, a leader out there. You got a guy that can score, rebound the ball, that kind yeah. of thing. I agree with what you're saying, Gers, about Levert, where he's got to kind of ease into this and understand his role with this team. He, you know, he's, he's hardly played with these guys. I wonder if a guy like Levert and Chuck on your deep dive maybe this would clear things up. Would he play better with Jared Allen out there? Because Levert's going to, he's going to create his own shot, take it to the rim a lot. And you got a guy like Allen just trailing behind, cleaning yeah. up messes, right? Like yeah. that's, that's a big thing offensively. So hopefully we get Jared Allen back, you know, maybe with a couple games to go before the postseason, and they can kind of work on things too. But has there been any word about a timetable for him? I haven't I read heard something, anything. I, mean, I read something yesterday that he, I think Bickerstaff said he is, and this is, I, I believe this is a direct quote. He's doing some things. That's what he said. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Uh, well, JB, I, I too. <laughs> yeah. doing some things. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> We're doing some things. Um, but I, I think what he meant was he's actually ahead of schedule a bit and doing some basketball things in practice. And uh, maybe that would have cleared it up if he said basketball things. Right. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. A word here or there. Right. Like, yeah. it's, it's fine. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. People writing answers for him. It's the same ones as the Haslam's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So looking ahead to next week, it is going to be busy Monday night. They're in Cleveland against Orlando Wednesday night. They're still at home against the Mavericks Thursday night in Atlanta, Saturday night in New York against the Knicks Sunday night back home against the 76ers. Ooh, yeah. Are the Cavs going three and two next week? I'm going to say yes. In hopes that you do not say yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird schedule where there it's like there's rainouts or something. Are there, they don't have any double headers Actually, coming up this week too? I think the Hawks Jeez. game is a is a makeup. Is it a makeup? Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Not only can they need to go three and two this week. That is a busy schedule uh, for any NBA team. So um, I'm interested to see what you're saying here, Gerb. But yeah, I think they they don't just need to. They have to go three and two this week. Say own five. Say own five. Say own five. No. No. Damn it. <laughs> I actually didn't think about it. So let me look at the the, <laughs> the magic tomorrow. So they take the, the magic, magic, they take Atlanta, they, they take the Knicks. Those are the three that There's... they should win. And it would be nice to I could... Atlanta's You'll coming win? on and is in the hunt for a playoff spot. So that's going to be a tough game. Uh, three mm -hmm. or two or two and three next week is, is where they need to be for sure. Moving on from the Cavs. Let's go to our spring gardening <laughs> segment. Our report on the Cleveland Guardians spring training early in the week. The Guardians lost a football game to Texas 25 to 12. Otherwise, they played baseball. Uh, speaking of week, let's talk about plans for the infield. Third base probably locked up barring a trade or major injury. Jose Ramirez is going to hold that down. First base, probably a platoon of Bobby Bradley. Josh Naylor, maybe Fran Mill Reyes get some games in there at first base as well. But then you get to the middle infield and things get a little bit more complicated. Dudes who may play second base and or shortstop for the Guardians this year. Ahmed Rosario, Owen Miller, Yu Chang, Alvaro Espinoza, Tyler Freeman, Tony what? Bernizard, Gabriel Tony Bernizard, nice. <laughs> Felix Fermin, Andres Jimenez, Brian Rococcio, and Ernie Clement. And I might have even missed a few in there. And Rococcio is a real guy who's playing shortstop. And I looked that up on Google pronounced to make sure I got it right. So let's start with second base right now. Chang, Clement, Miller, and Jimenez are all hitting over 400 in the spring. Should it be one of them at second base? Well, geez, out of those four options has to, it's <laughs> going to be one of them. The big urns having a hell of a spring. And so is you Chang. Like, yeah, I think it Yu Chang has led baseball in correct, yeah. training home he's runs a, for three straight years. He's a silver slugger of spring <laughs> yeah. training. Yeah. I, I don't know what I read today, but I think they like Chang for some reason. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's uh, hopefully Miller. It's just because Chang's out of options, I assume, right? It's not like he's going anywhere. No, I think he'll definitely be. I don't know if right, he's out right. of options, but he'll be on the club. I would think if, if Chang stays with the super hot bat, he start. I, I don't, I don't expect him to hold it down all year, but I would think he'd probably be your opening day second baseman. If he continues to tear the ball off the cover 
uh, in warm weather. I don't think it's limited to those four guys. I mean, anybody. Oh God, it list. better be one. It better be yeah. one of those four guys. And, and Tony Bernard is like 70, right? Like, I mean, come <laughs> on, he's not doing it. I got to think if Jimenez can hit, he's got to play in the middle of our infield by all accounts. He was the better middle infielder when we got from the Mets between him and Rosario and he just couldn't hit. So if all of a sudden you're getting some offensive production out of that guy, maybe, maybe he starts the season at second base. If Rosario's at short, I agree with Chuck, you Chuck. I think you Chang is on the team for sure to start the season, but I think that's your utility guy because he can play every infield position. So get him in can Miller role. though. Right. Can't M- Miller can play almost every yeah. position too. I think Owen, well, I know they were big on Owen Miller last year and he came up and hit like 112, which was like fourth on our team, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, he was awful. So again, all four of those guys so far in cactus league play are showing some sticks, right? Like that's surprising. Maybe Tito just rolls with the hot bat to start the season. And as soon as that cools off, it's a quick hook. I don't know. I think you got to look at it from the defensive side of things too, though. You, you know, you, I guess all those guys are, you're, it's not like a bad defensive player in the group. I think I would say Jimenez is probably a little bit ahead of the rest of those guys. Though, I think Jimenez defensively. Is, I mean, he, he was earmarked as like a prospect, one of the best shortstop prospects in the Mets organization, you know, I don't know. So I, I'm going to say the season starts with Jimenez at second and Yu Chang rotating through the infield. I sure wish we had more than three weeks to figure this out. Going back to the strike or the the lockout and what a problem that was, because I think this is a position that they would like to have some more time. I was actually going to go with Miller because you know even after they they sent him down last year, he hit well again in the minors. He's hitting well now. I think they really love that guy's bat. And, and that's the book on that guy, right? Like he's an offensive middle. Exactly. Yes. And that's what they they might need. I mean, they need defense too, but they, they might sacrifice a little defense to get another bat in the lineup. And that's why I kind of think they're going to go with Miller. But I have a feeling we're going to see this change a lot in the first couple months of the year because of the fact they just haven't had the time to figure it out in spring training. So let's move on, talk shortstop, which is the worst idea of 2021 that may come back in 2022. Is it A, COVID, B, NFTs, C, inflation? <laughs> D, a med Rosario playing in the outfield. Uh, I'll go with D, actually. Uh, those are all awful things. I'm going to still go with D. Like putting bigger beard Rosario in the outfield is a terrible thing to have to come back again, right? Why do they seem to want to do this? Because what they're saying is they want him now to split time between yeah. short and left field. But where is the sense in doing that? Well, I think what's happening there is you want his bat in the lineup because he's going to hit like 270 and in this day and age that's that's pretty good and he hit pretty well last year uh, in stretches, yeah, 280 last year yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. A, he, he was a really well. solid part yeah. of that lineup he was yeah so i, I you got to keep the bat in the lineup so that's what drives us even further is what we mentioned last week we don't have a left fielder <laughs> <laughs> if we had a left fielder this wouldn't be an issue like just let that dude play short chucky what do you think man good or bad for Ahmed Rosario to be bouncing from left field to shortstop. I don't think it's good, but I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to play a lot of games in, in left field this year. The guy you mentioned about second base, I think it was in the Mets deal. His natural position shortstop. Imagine, wasn't he, yeah. he? So he was the cornerstone of that trade, correct? No, Arius was. Oh, yeah. So Arius was guy. the, and I think that's who they would expect to be putting in at short. He just didn't look like he was ready last year. He's just no. really but he young, was right? the, like He's yeah, super no. young. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But he was the main guy that was supposed to take Lindor's spot. It ends up being uh, Rosario was part of that trade, too. He ends up being the guy who comes in and is ready to play and played well. Arias, I'm sure, a much better defensive shortstop than Rosario. Right. They have a ton of shortstops in their minor league system. Then they have like four or five who are pretty good prospects. Rosario is going to play left field. So some of these young guys will get major league experience. I think we're looking at an organization that only cares about one through five on the mound. And after that, if we can put people anywhere and if they can kind of just field their position and maybe hit 250, we're happy, which is a bigger issue with the organization in itself that we're still talking a year <laughs> later. Hey, who's going to play second base? Why don't we have any fucking outfielders on this team? <laughs> uh, so, so like for, for us to think it's a bad idea for Rosario to go out there. If we think it, why don't they fucking think it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, How can this be the solution <laughs> right. for a major league baseball? Yes. Team? How is this a solution? 
But boy, we got Brian Shaw back. That's good. <laughs> Huge signing. Hey, he was lights out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, all right, fellas. On that note, we are going to take our first break. We're going to come back and talk some college hoops. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road and start with the NCAA tournament. Another wild weekend of college hoops. The Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight are done. What was the most important story of the weekend? Gonzaga drops again. The Zags have been a one seed five times now and have never won the title. Coach K trying to retire but can't. Duke makes it all the way to the Final Four. Those peacocks from St. Peter's crash the Elite Eight, but UNC cock blocks Cinderella and moves into the final four. <laughs> or the fact, last one, that Kansas is the only one seed in the final four. Those are all excellent storylines. Uh, all of them affect me. I hate Kansas. Here they are. <laughs> Gonzaga, I don't get it. Like It just seems like they're, they can never win it. They can never win the big game, no matter if they're the number one seed in the tournament, not only in their region. The Cinderella thing was so awesome. It yeah. was so great that it was the only game I was excited to watch today. Uh, this weekend, and I watched them all, but it was the only one. And it looked like a first round game. It looked like yeah. <laughs> it looked like it looked like it should have done. So like an unbelievable run there. But now I guess it's recent by uh, recency bias, which we talk about a lot. It's the Coach K thing right now. It's the biggest storyline. Can this dude go out? as a national champion, if you don't like Duke or if you don't like him, whatever it is, I assume like the narrative just switches now to that's all it's going to be about. Plus, you know, like a rivalry between Duke, North Carolina, and you can maybe see them again or whatever. But I think that's the biggest thing is that this guy has the opportunity to retire uh, as a champion. The biggest two storylines there is, is Gonzaga shitting the bed again. And then coach K, I think the coach K thing is what carries us forward because they're still in it and he could, possibly win a championship in his in his last year they're playing unc next week yeah i think i saw this during today's game and as a unc fan maybe you can you can fact check this they've never met never in never. the ncaa tournament that's really yeah. surprising to me yeah. like wow so i think that's the biggest storyline it's the rivalry unc you know beat coach k and duke uh, during his uh you know his final home game at, uh at cameron indoor so that's all we're going to hear about all week and it, god that's gonna suck <laughs> but that is, that is for sure the biggest storyline the gonzaga and saint peter's thing what do you guys remember when gonzaga was saint peter's when they yes. were the yeah. you know, 12 13 yeah. 14 15 you're probably going back to college probably college for us yeah. right yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. really yeah, late but they 90s. would they like would get the automatic bid 2000 yeah. those kind of years they would get the automatic bid out of their conference and then they just built a recruiting machine so maybe maybe we're seeing saint peter's uh the beginning of that <laughs> who knows stay tuned <laughs> the yeah, peacocks it's, it's either that or uh we're about to see their head coach go someplace oh, yeah. to a much bigger program and see, make a he's lot gonna, more money. Yeah. yeah, Seton Hall. Apparently, he see, played yeah. there, and that job yeah. is open. Oh, okay. So you see that guy? He played on the uh, McDonald's All American team with Kobe Bryant. Did you see yeah. that? That was pretty cool. They were oh, on the wow, same. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. I like that uh, guy. For all of the interesting things that are happening in this weekend of basketball, the fact that Kansas has kind of slept its way to the final four as the only surviving number one kind of blows my mind. Like yeah. nobody really has paid attention to anything they've been doing throughout the tournament. And they've just kind of quietly gone about their business, beat everybody who steps in front of them and done exactly what a number one seed is supposed to do. And there they are on the final four. And we've got, you know, it's kind of the way the tournament is. You have all these upsets throughout the bracket, but then it all kind of shakes out and you end up with a number one, two number twos, then Carolina kind of breaks up the party at, at an eight seed coming into the finals this year. It's really interesting to me that kind of nobody is paying attention to Kansas, although they were a one seed deserving of it, had a great season. Uh, I love the Cinderella stuff, of course, with St. Peter's, but glad to see that Carolina and Duke are going to play in the final four. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really hoping we can send them home crying. So why don't we get to it? Let's do our final four predictions. Duke versus North Carolina, as we've already talked about, Coach K against Hubert Davis, uh, who cried after the game today. Who, who's winning 
the Duke versus North Carolina game? I think it's Duke. They have a better team than Carolina, and Carolina has had a nice run, and they looked really good today. I mean, really, really good, especially if that Yoder is hitting his threes. They're a much better team, whoever that guy is with the weird beard. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I still think... Maycock uh, or something like that. Yeah, right? whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I still think like it's lining up perfectly for Coach K, uh, so I think they will. I think Hubert Davis cried today because the Tar Heels went like six minutes without scoring a bucket, and they were still up by 20 <laughs> because they were playing against the Peacocks. So, and yeah, and Duck Dynasty shooting his threes. I don't know what was going on yeah. there, but uh, I'm going to root for North Carolina because you're my friend, Gerbs, uh, and All that's right. it. Thanks, that's man. my only Yeah, that's my only reason to root for North Carolina. But I think Duke wins it. I think they're on to something here, and we're going to see Coach K in the final game and it's going to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, it, it pains me to say that, but I actually think this North Carolina team has really, really exceeded expectations. I, I would have expected them to lose in the second round, not, yeah. not to make it as far as they have, certainly not to make it to the final four. That's nuts. They do have scoring issues. You know, they have a couple guys who are reliable, but even those guys are not your kind of typical when we need a basket to stop a run or we need a clutch basket, we know for sure this guy can get it done. They're, they're just not that good. They're probably way ahead of schedule to make it this far. And I think that Duke team is is fairly well loaded. So as much as it pains me to say it, I too will be rooting for North Carolina, but I have a feeling Duke wins this game without too much trouble. Second game in the final four is Kansas versus Villanova. I think Villanova takes this game. The UD Flyers beat Kansas this year. So I think Kansas is up and down. Uh, and, you know, I'm a big Flyer fan. And, you know, but still, I, I think Villanova coming out of the, the Big East, right? Yep. That's serious competition night in and night out for that team. And they're just, they're the opposite of Gonzaga. They're clutch when it comes to tourney time. Like that's, that's what that team does. So I, I think Nova takes that game. So I'm going to go with Kansas. I'm going to leave you to break the tie, Chucky, because I know how much you love <laughs> know. Kansas. As much as I love Kansas, <laughs> if you look at it, if we go back two weeks or whenever this tournament started and on Selection Sunday, you saw that is by far the weakest region, and Kansas had the easiest well, route to get, point. Yeah. to get to the Final Four. It's not like they've been tested, and Villanova is a really good team, and Phil is right. Like, they always show up during tournament time, but I'm pretty sure one of their better players uh, tore his Achilles, and that's go. going to be a problem uh, for them. So even though I think this is Kansas' is like, this is their first test maybe against them, uh, I think Kansas uh, is, is as much as I hate them. And it's not, it's not like I hate them for any specific reason other than when I've ever picked them to go far, they lose early. When I've ever picked them to lose early, they go far, much like this year. So uh, I still think they get there, though. I like it. So although the NCAA tournament is still going on, the actual cat tank loser has already been decided. And so tonight, gentlemen. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. For, for uh, listening to a podcast, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> us record. Jason Gerber just tore a shirt off like Hulk, mother and Hogan. Have you been wearing that the whole time? Cat yes. tank. <laughs> Has it been hard to breathe? No. <laughs> that is the greatest um, thing that I've ever seen on a podcast. <laughs> your traps look great, by the way, in that tank, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it accentuates. So tonight is actually my last official night of wearing the cat tank. Uh, You've been wearing and- it every day since you left. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just that now that this round is over, I am officially done. The cat tank is going to Tursic probably the earliest this has ever been decided uh, yeah. because Tursic won the cat tank at the end of the Sweet 16. He never even had to go into this weekend with yeah. a shot to frame the Elite Eight games. So he finishes last in our bracket. The Kansas Villanova game becomes the de facto championship because if Villanova wins, then Miller wins the bracket. If Kansas wins, then I win it. Chuck, halfway through the Sweet 16, you were entirely out of possible correct picks. I'm aware. That must be some sort of a record. (laughs) How does it feel? Well, not great. I should have just, I didn't watch a whole lot of college basketball this year, but every year around Selection Sunday, I make the mistake of the next day reading about these teams in small blurbs that, you know, whoever puts up ESPN, Sporting News, CBS. And I was like, oh, baby, Alabama, they're going deep. Uh, Auburn, they're going to be great. I saw some stat, too. on TikTok. I was looking at TikTok for sports picking advice when it came to this tournament. And it was one kid. He's like, in the history of the, you know, the tournament, 
Uh, no team has ever won who isn't in top five something offensively and top five defensively. And then they list the teams this year that are in that in that category. And I am here to tell you, I believe Kansas is the only one uh, who made it to the final four uh, who have okay. that. All right. So, um, yeah, I thought, you know, like UCLA, I, I had I had high hopes. Uh, I stuck to um, favorites, basically the first and second round. And that's the only, only reason I don't have that that cat tank. Is my guess because yeah. after that, after the second day of the tournament, it's over for. I was done in. I had I had lost three elite eight teams. I think by the second day, <laughs> so uh, I was a little nervous and I checked. Um, I checked very feverishly uh, and to see a, a team undermine. It felt real nice, man. I'm trying to keep that tank away from me. But I thought last year too. I battled you for it. Yeah. I'm in. Tr- uh, yeah. yeah, I am downtrending as a uh, as a sports picker for the ncaa tournament i might just uh eliminate myself next year should the show start looking for a new sports trader after chuck's performance <laughs> in the tournament yeah I, I don't know that that's a great job for chuck because i think J- chuck's strength is the gambling side of things and that's that's the part of that sports trader that they don't need to know about and right. everything else they do although chuck does have a supercomputer so i do perhaps <laughs> perhaps the supercomputer brings him up to speed there and he becomes the best sports trader of all time because he has more than just an average knowledge of gambling well i hope so chuck we're going to keep you around don't sweat it <laughs> we got nobody Thank else you. who wants the job before we head out fellas we are only 20 days away from the start of the usfl's second first ever season <laughs> This week was kind of fun because they came out with some of the new rules that they're going to use in USFL games. So real quick, let's buzz through a couple of these and just give me an all hell yes or an all hell no. Uh, They have added a three-point conversion. Uh, You'll have to take it from the 10-yard line. All hell yes or all hell no? All hell yes. Hell yeah. Uh, Three-point conversion? I like it. Chuck? Oh, let's say, oh, hell yeah. Then I'm with Phil on that. Why not? Yeah. More points, the better. I think I'm on on all hell yes on this one too. Um, It's kind of a fun change because all of a sudden you have two score leads that aren't nearly as well protected, right? I mean, if you're up nine, it's a, it's a two score lead until you play in the USFL and they can try to score from the 10, right? I like it. Wouldn't you think it's going to impact gambling lines on these games, knowing that that option is out there, right? Yeah, I would, I would think so. And even probably point spreads. If anybody can handicap the USFL correctly, <laughs> somebody's going to try. I guarantee yep. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they announced this week that they're available for sports betting in, in something like 25 States or something like that right now. So, I mean, they're definitely working yeah. towards it. They know how to get people to watch them play football. <laughs> One of the other rules is their overtime will be set up different than the NFL. And it's almost like a combination of college and NFL rules. So you start with an alternating best of three scoring shootout where each offense will start the opponent's two yard line. If the two teams are still tied after those three attempts, overtime becomes sudden death. All hell yes or all hell no. So let me, let me walk this back. They started at the two yard line but they can get nine points at the 10 yard line. Well, that, I mean, the, the three point conversion is just- right. The three, again, it seems like they're trying to promote offense here. If you're starting anything, for, if you can't get two yards, uh, maybe you shouldn't be in the USFL. You should go to the fan control league with Johnny Manziel again, but yeah, I'm, I'll hell yeah. Why not? The shootout part of it is interesting to me, which is what college football went to after a certain point in their overtime, right? To where you get, you have one play make or miss. And then the other team gets one play make or miss. And all right. At the end of three rounds, whoever has the lead has won the game. I'm fine with that. I think, I think that's, it's based in, in fairness because both teams get the same amount of attempts. And I think that's what the NFL's overtime is missing. Right. So yeah, I'm all hell. Yeah. All hell. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like it. I've always liked the college overtimes. I just think they're more exciting. You can't do it exactly the same way in pro football too many opportunities for people to get hurt i think i'm an all hell yes on that one too so i'm definitely an all hell yes on the usfl i'm looking forward to it and we've only got a few weeks to go so if i were you guys i'd start looking at who you want to pick as your favorite usfl team and which team you want to be a correspondent for for the show but fellas why don't we take our final break we'll come back and we'll talk some movies and tv
Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field. And as we are recording tonight, the Oscars are happening. The Oscars are hosted tonight by Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, and Regina Hall. Chuck, what do you think? Of the hosts? Yeah. I like Wanda Sykes, but is it 1998, 2003? <laughs> Maybe then would have been better for her. Schumer, at least 2010 to 2015. Uh, Regina Hall, I'm drawing a blank. Who is Regina Hall? You know, she's not a comedian. She's she's oh. in a lot of funny movies and shows. Um, she's she's good. Like I've, I've I looked her up too. I didn't know who it was, and I had to look at some of the stuff. Yeah, I've done. she's she's done some entertaining stuff. I'm all for multiple hosts, and it's great that they're female. Three female hosts are awesome. So I would have hoped Paula Poundstone could have got maybe part of this. <laughs> Paula Poundstone. No. I'm just looking for any way to reference Paula Poundstone. But no, fine by me. That I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I'm I'm busy taping this, so maybe I'll catch the end of it when we're done. So this is the Oscars. I think it's I think it's fine. I would imagine Regina Hall probably is the most relevant of the three hosts. And we yeah. had to look her up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So to Chuck's point, the other two have, you know, they, they peaked and that's fine. But I'm watching it on mute. So if that tells you anything about what I think about the hosts of the show or how the show goes, I'm just kind of looking at what's going on and realizing I haven't seen any of these movies. All right. Well, that concludes our Oscar coverage. For the year. <laughs> we'll see you next year. Movie fans moving to the small screen. It has been a busier than expected off season for transactions involving broadcasters. ESPN landed Joe Buck and Troy Aikman from Fox sports to handle Monday night football starting next year. Al Michaels left NBC. He will be doing Thursday night games on Amazon with Kirk Herbstreet. And this is not at all about small money. They think Herbstreet is getting about 10 million a year for that Thursday night package with Amazon. Both Joe Buck and Al Michaels are in the five-year, 75 million ballparks. So that's like 15 million bucks a year for those guys. That's serious money being thrown around. An agency source was quoted, and I don't know what agency it was. All it says was he was an agency source. But the quote was, if you are spending $2 billion per year just for the rights to the games, why wouldn't you spend an extra few hundred million to make sure you are putting together the best possible production? Does that statement seem ridiculous or right or both? Yeah, it's kind of both, right? I mean, it's ridiculous because of the, the, the dollar amounts you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not just spend an extra couple hundred million dollars? Right. But to get it right is important. You know, and we've talked about this in the past too, when you're, you're looking at your primetime games, right? So your your Thursday night, your Sunday night, your Monday night. If our Cleveland Browns aren't playing in any of those games, we're going to tune in and we're going to tune out and we're going to tune in and we're going to tune out. So if production value is higher and we like what's on, maybe we'll tune into a game that, okay, I don't care about either of these two teams, but I want to hear what Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet have to tell me about football. I don't, I don't know. That's a weird combo, but yeah, I mean, it's important because it's primetime football. There's only so many of these games and you're going to get a lot of eyeballs on you. So let's put together a good, a good uh, production. It's a little asinine, but it's also spot on. If you're paying that much money and this many people and this many eyeballs are watching it and Amazon is no joke, man, to go after Al Michaels uh, in Kirk Herbstreet. What that kind of tells me is that maybe they think Kirk Herbstreet is the heir apparent now uh, that might become what Al Michaels is after five years. You say 15 million. So is he the highest played person on the Guardians roster this year? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. that booth yes. that booth yeah. makes as much money as yes. the entire it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, but but right i mean every year it becomes insanity that they keep telling you that more people are watching this week it was the most watched game or whatever you know the super bowl is the biggest event of the year obviously and more people are watching and uh, the audience continues to expand somehow uh, so why wouldn't you want the best in in monday night football has toiled with their announcers in mediocrity for yeah, Ten plus, I mean, that goes back to like time. Rush Limbaugh. Do you remember Rush Limbaugh doing yes. Monday Night Football? <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Miller, Miller doing yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So why not get, you know, and I'm, I'm shocked that I thought at first, because I didn't read the article and this was like two weeks ago, I thought they were going to kind of do double duty beyond Fox as a team and then do Monday Night Football. But for them to just to, to take one of, well, one of the premier networks teams and I guess let them let Aikman walk, didn't even really tell him. But if you're if you're asking, I'm sorry, I'm um getting in a, in a weird way here uh yes those dudes probably worth every penny just because the nfl is worth every penny to be on that network or that streaming platform you know it's interesting aikman's contract was up 
Yeah. So it was easy for him to move to ESPN. They had to let Buck out of like the last year of his deal. And he basically went to Fox and just said, Hey, I, I want to keep working with Troy. Yeah. So I'm going where he's going. And they, they worked it out. It's just ridiculous to me because it's only in the NFL and only about television. Do you have $2 billion thrown around? And then a hundred million dollars is just kind of tossed around like it's chump change. Like the numbers are just so astronomical in this. And I don't doubt it. Everybody is willing to pay all this money for these games. They they're making money on it somewhere. That's a pretty absurd level for the numbers to get to. So I, th- I thought so that was a funny quote. The vacancy ends up with the Fox team, right? Cause, yeah. cause Buck and, and Aikman are gone. They've got to fill that. Well, there's somebody, new... somebody's got to fill in for Al Michaels on NBC too. Well, they already they've had guys Tariq, do that. Tariko yeah, and Tariko. So yeah. Tariko and Collinsworth will be your Sunday night team. Okay. Which they've done that. They did like half the season that way. Oh, okay. Year. Yeah. I guess so they, they didn't were, watch a whole were, lot of Sunday night games. They were fine. So Fox is the, is the, is the vacancy, yeah. right? Like, all right, yeah. your number one Fox team is it's got to be filled in. Maybe that's where uh, Joe Thomas lands. Who knows? Yeah. Probably so, not. <laughs> who's the guy more deserving of the next big payday? Collinsworth? Or Gus Johnson. Oh man, you gotta love Gus Johnson. He is so excited about whatever the hell he's announcing. <laughs> it doesn't oh. matter. Like his college football now, it's fantastic. So he he's got something. He's got like that it factor where you you can't help as a, as just a casual observer to a game on your television. Like all of a sudden you feel your heart rate elevate. Like he gets you excited. Like he, Gus Johnson all the way. Absolutely. So Chuck, you've got your $10 million sitting there. You're trying to decide, gosh, do I give it to Chris Collinsworth or Gus Johnson? <laughs> Which of those guys is getting your 10 mil every year, <laughs> every year. <laughs> yeah. Gus, like five years. Yeah. Gus Johnson and Phil kind of put it very eloquently. He could get me excited to watch guys on our trip play bottle on stick. If Ooh, he was calling it, idea. <laughs> he's just like his emotion. And he's not like a puker, you know, like it, sometimes that would feel disingenuine when people are constantly screaming, but somehow he, he tiptoes that line and it's always exciting. Uh, so I'm, I'm giving him the cash. I love Gus Johnson have for yeah. years. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who don't, they think he's like a distraction from the game because he gets so loud and he gets so excited. I just love it and in yeah. part because of what you're saying. Like it feels genuine when yeah. he's that excited. It's like, Hey, this is just a guy who is watching a game and having a great time and getting super excited about it. He just happens to have a microphone in front of his face telling us all what's happening. His Wikipedia page is like super interesting because they actually have transcripts of some of his great calls. It's worth kind of going and checking out and read through. It's pretty funny. I actually went to try to find out how much money he's making. And the last thing I could find was he was making like a hundred grand a year, like 10 years ago. I'm like, that, that can't still be his number. He can't still be making a hundred thousand dollars a year. He is really underpaid. So L Michaels is 77 years old. So this five-year deal has him finishing when he's 82 years old, scale of one to five, one being Tom Brady, Five being Ben Roethlisberger. How is Michael's going to sound at the end of this deal? I think he is in our lifetime. In my opinion, he's probably top three best play-by-play. I don't care what sport he was calling. Uh, and he has the most iconic call in all of sports history, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Do you Absolutely. believe in miracles? Yep. yep. Uh, so uh, I think at, uh, I think it's probably like a two. I, I don't think like his mind's going to slow down again. Who is the guy for the Dodgers? Who is still calling games like ninety? Right, right. So, like some of these guys, it's just innate in them. Uh, They're that great. So, I think, uh, man, he's going to get a nice payday on the way out. You know, I'm I'm talking about life on the way out of his life. Uh, But I think he'll be just fine. I think he's 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 getting getting super old. Yeah, he's out of his life. Who's earning that kind of money at uh, eighty-two? Right. That's yeah. Right. So, uh, I think it's a, a like a two. He's more Brady than Roethlisberger for sure. I think Al Michaels in the next five years isn't going to slow down at all. I I think he's really, really good at what he does. Yeah, it's going to be more Tom Brady than Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career. Barring any kind of health concern in the next five years, he'll he'll do just fine and and go out sounding pretty good announcing football games. He he does it better than anybody. I think I got to disagree with you guys. 82 is really old to still be doing anything at a really high level. Um, I have worked with some great attorneys who I thought as they approached their later years had started to lose a fastball a little bit. And you could tell, um, you could just tell, like, it's just a different, you get so tired 
Like you want to be done working at three in the afternoon. This guy's going to go and like call a football game that night. I don't know. I hope the best for him. I think he's fantastic. I don't disagree at all that he's like one of the best we've ever heard do this job in our lifetimes, but I don't know what to say at 82. Herb Street is going to be doing NFL games on Thursday night with Amazon, with Al Michaels, and still doing game day Saturday morning. He's 52. Don't you think he's working too hard at that age? Kirk Herbstreit is notorious for doing game day in the morning and then getting on a plane and flying all the way across the country yeah. and doing a West Coast game or wherever. Yeah, I guess he's used to it, but I'm surprised he's stuck with the college deal given this this contract, right? I mean, I know he's one of the face of faces of game day, but at the same time, like, all right, all this all this money, like, all right, let's move on to the next chapter. Let's let un, unless it's like the Tom Brady experiment again, right? Like when he's home with his wife and kids, they're like, get the out of, get out of here. Like, go, don't you have something to do? Can't you do something every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah. Please get out of here for the weekend. Come on. <laughs> but it, I mean, his kids are playing college football now. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I was surprised to hear that he, he hung on to the college end of things. And I think he's going to be exhausted. And I, I don't know what kind of deal he has with Amazon. Hopefully he doesn't have to, you know, deliver things in those trucks too. the other days of the week. I, don't, I doubt that's, I doubt that's part of the deal. Who knows? What do you Bezos? think? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so I'm shocked. He's, he's 52. I guess I don't follow his, his life that well. Cause he looks like he's our age. He looks fantastic. Um, and, and, and I don't think 52, <laughs> I, I think when we think 52 and maybe what, what we do, that might be aged, but not for what he does. I'm not sure how old Ryan Seacrest is, but the guy hosts a morning show. Then he does a radio show and he does American Idol. Uh, these people are used to doing multiple jobs on multiple networks and flying from one side of the country to the other. Uh, the other thing we're forgetting too, is that in our jobs, we might have a small support staff where I'm sure these people yeah. have so many, so many cogs moving uh so many parts moving to help them perform at a high level for what they're doing so i think he's probably and honestly i assume 50s is almost in your prime when it comes to to sports announcing it's yeah. not like there's many 21 or 22 year olds out there who we can't wait to clear call a game uh, most of those guys i don't know uh, listen to minor league baseball calls or minor league hockey that's where these like 20 year old kids are and they're dog shit man like <laughs> you know like they're dog shit so so hopefully you know some of them get better but and also herb street might be the next job like to become an iconic guy maybe that's the career path he wants and by the time he's 60 he's filled al michael's shoes or he's that next guy who is your a team wherever he's at it could be. I, I don't know. One of the only things I've learned in my professional career is I want to be working less, not more. Uh, but maybe, you know, again, this is just a wiring thing and I'm wired different than Kirk Herbstreet is. And so he's glad to be working an obscene amount of time and flying all over the country, you know, missing his weekends. I don't know. Not for me. But interesting movement for broadcasters during this offseason that I don't think we've seen in a really long time. Sticking with the small screen, why don't we hit winning time? Episode four will come out tonight. I know that Phil and I have seen episodes one through three. I don't think Chuck's wife has let him yet. Uh, so <laughs> Phil, what are you hoping to see in episode four tonight? I can't believe I'm saying this again, but basketball. Can we see <laughs> Some flipping basketball. We said that a week ago after two one-hour episodes that it was funny that Magic Johnson wasn't even part of the Lakers yet. And we saw an another entire episode. I'm starting to side with you here, Gerbs. I, I feel like this 10-episode season is bullshit. They're going to have to do like 75 episodes to get us just... Yeah just to magic Johnson throwing an alley-oop to James worthy at some point. Like th this is, this is just not happening. Uh, he's still not on the Lakers. So I'm hoping in episode four, we're looking he made at it to LA though. He's in LA. Sorry, Chuck. He, spoiler he's alert. He Damn it. LA. He's, what? he's in LA. Uh, here's another spoiler. He's in LA. He hasn't dribbled a basketball yet for the Lakers, but right. probably already has HIV based on last episode. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and we're, we're on to our next coach. And we've met the third coach who's, I mean, that's still episodes down, right? Like, I mean, Riley was prominent in last episode and he's not even the next coach. That was actually the thing that I'm interested in seeing is because I'm wondering if Jack McKinney and Paul Westhead are about to get erased from history you because think? Th those were the two guys who coached the 79, 80 year. That was magic's rookie year. Yeah, McKinney yeah, starts yeah. the season and then Westhead takes over. And then Westhead coaches for like another season and a half before Riley even comes in. 
but they're definitely know, all in on Riley right now. Right. I mean, that, that he was prominent in the last episode and I did not, I didn't know any of this Tarkanian stuff. Like all of a sudden it became like Goodfellas at the end of yeah. that episode yeah. where I was like, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Um, spoiler alert, Chuck cover yeah. your ears. I, I didn't give it away. It just became a like Goodfellas. They were selling cigarettes out of the back of a truck. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, yeah. it's fine. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Chuck, what um, would you like to see in episode two? <laughs> well, here's <laughs> let me kind of just bring you up the speed here. So uh, I had reminded my wife, I said, hey, please watch this. It, it's it's kind of like a homework assignment for me. I have to talk about it. Okay. Didn't remind again. It's like, you have to remind me. I am reminding you. Here's your reminder. I got to a point where I walked out the door, say, hey, when she takes a nap, please watch it. And I sent her a text. She watched it. I was like, thank God. We can move on. We can finally do this together. But then March Madness happens and, you know, a lot of those games are ending later, not watching it. And then I kind of said, listen, I really need to move forward with this. Uh, and she's like, yeah, you can just watch it by yourself. I don't care. Right. <laughs> so you so, a busy week. Uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll have some, some catch up times. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning the tennis player, Ash Barty retired this week at age 25 while ranked number one in the world with that news about somebody already 40 years ahead of my retirement plan. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
<clears throat> Cavalier basketball against. Chuck? By saying <laughs> they were going to go 3 0. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you like froze there for a second. They just came oh. back screaming 3 0. <laughs> oh, I said, other than you fucking them over oh. um, by saying they would go 3 0. Um, other than that. Other than that. So I, I tear the ball off the cover uh, in warm weather. Tear the ball off the cover. Tear the cover off the ball. Sorry. I'm on, I'm on my second Natty Light, boys. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's like. <laughs> what were the most. Or I'm. <clears throat> it's, sorry. I'll be right back. <laughs> Chuck has entered it. Okay. Better. No. How do you want to get? Here we go. Juggling them. Yes. Good. No. Still in a tunnel. What? You're on your way to New Jersey. <laughs> South Amboy. Take night That's classes right. at St. <laughs> Peter's. Oh, it up yet. Come on. Come on now. No. God damn it. Ah. I did see that. I forgot that one of the Villanova's better players tore his Achilles today. Well, not today, but they announced it today. Yeah. Come on, man. Damn it. Ooh, yeah. How about yeah. now? There you go. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, the yeah. mic is caught up and not the... There we go. Can one of you guys talk? Yeah, the hey, mic, the mic hey, sounds a lot better. Damn it. Now, let me make sure if the speaker's changed. Oh, speakers. There we go. All right. Better? Yep. You sound I'm great. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to move again, though, and it's going to go to shit. <clears throat> Where did I leave off? Um, Kansas had the easy route there. Yeah. Uh, the guy hurt himself. This is their first test, maybe against no can you repeat that, please? My mic cut out. <laughs> I heard three-point line. That was about it. Nope. They've added an option for a three-point conversion. You have to score from the 10-yard line. Al Melk. My... Well, the scale was one to five. God, you are really struggling week but to week. But Brady was scale. one. Yeah, Roethlisberger was right. five. Yeah, He's more right. Brady than Roethlisberger. I am over oh, this Okay, you're right. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to cut this part. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> amazing yeah I, i'm it's I'm amazing like, that, like, I, like it's the first time like was this week that i started thinking about it like they really don't care who's playing the field it does it just doesn't matter like this guy maybe maybe he could play off it, it's like it's like you bringing a buddy to a co-ed softball game on sunday where in my my mic just cut out my, let me find let me find it <laughs> oh this is like the first time you're having sex let me find it. Hold there on, we hold go. On. Is, that it? Is that it? I got it. I moved. I moved. Oh, we're good. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like bringing a buddy to a co-ed game because you need players. Like, where can he play? Well, I think he can play outfield. That's what's happening with the Indians. That's what it yeah. feels like. But I don't know. Like, is it like Naylor is definitely back? And has he been playing in the field at all? I haven't been paying attention. I don't know if he's I haven't been paid playing attention the field, but I think he's been playing DH. Um but I mean, I think that's a pretty good sign that y'all have him back this year. And I don't know, is it like Mercado just can't hit. That's why we don't like him. That's why we don't like him in left field. Same with Zimmer. They just they just don't hit. I mean, yeah, I think both I mean, of those I guys think... are good enough guys to play left field. Yeah, yeah. Defensively, I mean, you've got three center fielders in those three guys. Yeah, uh, Zimmer, yeah. Zimmer, Mercado, and and um, Straw. Yeah. It just yeah, you you they can't hit, and you need some offensive production. Maybe, maybe they don't think they do just because their pitching is so great. Maybe they well, think if well, they're still no, like, I think that's three players, or four runs a game. You're, you're right yeah. that that's why they're doing this asinine thing of yeah. putting uh, Rosario out in left that's field. Right. So like, well, they it's need, a bat. They yeah. need bats, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And left field, I played left field. It's not that f-ing hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to learn that wall. That's a big. Maybe they just don't. When he's in left, they just don't pitch inside all game. Maybe just keep throwing outside. So he hits. So whoever hits it (laughs) on the right. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe what they're looking at is is kind of like what we're saying. To never have them hit the left field. Yes, that's the strategy. (laughs) That's right. That's it. That's right. Our pitching is so good. That's even dumber Um, than softball. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Last he was a disaster in center last year. Well, yeah, but you're you're taking you're taking someone who's never played outfield and oh, putting yeah. in center field. Like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
is not good. <clears throat> like protect him, put him in a corner. He only yeah. has to deal with like half of what he had to do in right. center field. You is, know? is that what they spent the off season figuring out? Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not put him in Maybe center. Maybe we really shouldn't. There, yeah. There is a whole PowerPoint presentation yeah. Yeah. With, an, yeah. with just yeah. an arrow from center to left field. <laughs> yeah. Here's what a center fielder has to do. Here's what a left fielder has to do. Oh, let's put the shortstop out in center field. Maybe Tito has lost a step. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, he's, he's just doing the best he can a, with the resources he has. So. <laughs> he's got a brand new hip. <laughs> Are we not talking about the press conference or anything? Are we staying away from that? Uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I just I felt understand. like there was so much watching already. But yeah, um, I, I I'm happy it. to talk about it now, and we can drop it in <laughs> at the end if you want. So I purposely did not watch it. I didn't watch it either. Live. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to. I'm like, this is going to be like I. The Browns press conferences under Stefanski and Andrew Barry are awful. Period. Like you're just like, all right, like I, like I, you're not going to say anything here, right? Um, but I, but I listened to it afterwards in terms of like the snippets, right? Like, okay, here was a question. Here's how he answered that kind of thing. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry looked really uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable, which is weird. Um, hmm. But I think, I think they did a good job. I, I do like, what are you going to say? Right. Like, wh- yeah. what are you going to say when yeah. someone keeps asking when people keep asking like, Hey, so uh, you know, what happened with those 22 don't, massage there? Don't, like, don't you think it was bad what you did? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but I, I will say what was interesting to me was rather than pleading the fifth, so to speak, Deshaun yeah. Watson basically yeah. just said, yeah. nope, these are all false allegations. That's not who I am. I'm innocent. I've never yeah. done the things these people. And that's <clears throat> like for all the people who um, flock to Twitter to slam this and say, oh, nobody said anything. It was all just canned PR answers. That yeah. dude, that dude, he just didn't said, need I'm to innocent. say that. Yeah. And he right. did. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He may that, be wrong. That was, <laughs> but, but that's yeah. what he said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, no, no, right. Right. And that's, yeah. I don't know, man. Like that should count for something. Um, the yep. fact that he was, he was willing to come out like so firmly and say that. I think yeah. the, the, the worst answer he gave was somebody asked him if, the contract was the reason he came to Cleveland and he said, Oh, no. I know. Yeah. He's like, I didn't, didn't know even know. I didn't even know about what <laughs> contract. Yeah. So he didn't know anything about the contract and then he signed with the Browns and then they told him it was all guaranteed. But, yeah. but how happy he must've been so f- happy. Like contract. the best surprise ever. Oh, yeah. I'm the yeah. highest yeah. play player in the league. Yeah. Wow. Fully guaranteed. That's unbelievable. Amazing. Um, (laughs) like you, you answer that question and you say, yes, of course, the contract was, was part of the reason why I came, but so's the history of the organization show. So's the roster show. So's the front. So, so is the Haslam's after I met them, I had a chance to speak with them. You know, of course the contract, it's amazing. I love it. Like that's come on. No, no, never heard of it. No, I didn't even know there was a contract. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing here today? Uh, Do you know what the terms are? Can you tell me what it is? I've never even heard of it before. Yeah. Just Thirty million dollars, really? <laughs> I'm rich. I'm rich. Bitch. <laughs> I retire. <laughs> it's all guaranteed. I think. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I thought he looked. I think he looks like half lizard person, half chihuahua. <laughs> he's a he's, he's an odd a looking very, dude, isn't he? It's a very odd look to him, but yeah. His orange tie was nice. I appreciated well, that. Yeah, I like the orange. Tie. I like this the brown starter he wore too on the way in. I'm like, man, I wish I yeah. had that. Yeah, but um, I, I didn't understand. And I'm like Phil. Like I, I watched m- most of the stuff on so or followed along with questions because most of the, you know, beat reporters were doing question and answer what he was saying. But I was surprised one there was a break between them and the Haslam's, and I'm even more surprised the biggest signing in the history of the franchise. They had a previous engagement out of the country. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. own a private jet, homeboy. Get on that. <laughs> yeah. Get back we're gonna, here. We're going to appear by Zoom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one thing I was like, oh, just yeah. fly your ass back there. Yeah. Sit down, answer the questions you need to. Yeah. I also like yeah. we asked everybody if they were comp- like they asked, like, you know, like they're, females they're who. Yeah. yeah. Like, get the f- out of here. You ask nobody. We're gonna we're gonna pay this guy two hundred thirty million dollars because he's gonna win us a lot of football. <laughs> yeah, games. and the guy who's yeah. watching washing jock straps has just as much say as everybody else. Yeah, right. We asked everybody. Oh, yeah. okay, great. Yeah.
I could not wait for this break because I have questions about you tearing that shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) This was, um, that was, that was Tammy's idea. Like I was just going to put a t-shirt on over it and then just like take it off and be like, Hey, my last day in the cat tank. She's like, it'd be really funny if you tore it off. Do you have any t-shirts you don't care about? And I have, uh, the t-shirt I was wearing was my, uh, guns don't kill people. Andrew Sandejo kills people. T-shirt. <laughs> but I have two of them. I got two. Oh, of them right. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah. So I'm like, oh, I'll take the, like the smaller one that doesn't really fit very well. And um, she cut cuts in the front of it. Yeah. That, like little cuts. Like you Hulk couldn't Hogan. see them. Yeah. 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 Just like Hulk Hogan. Like Hulk super Hogan. easy to rip off. I'm going to have to man. go through like the video. And uh, where are we at here? So that was just under an hour. Um, I'm going to have to go through the video and, and obviously this has to be like the Instagram photo for sure. Be like ripping off the shirt or something like that. So what about, can you post, can you post a video? Like what if you had like a video snippet? I, I can't, I can't get from zoom to something I can put in um, like an Instagram video. I don't think uh, I'm probably not going to take the time tomorrow to figure that out. Well, if there was ever a time, that yeah, was it. That's pretty yeah. much it, right? <laughs> like, <For> sure. <laughs> well, maybe I will. Maybe I'll see if Tammy can figure that out for me. Uh, no, that was funny. Um, and I've <laughs> Great. been giddy about it the whole time we've been talking. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?